Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the Wolf Sports Show. This is David Chapin. We're again going to hit every single team ahead of week four. First, a couple of injury notes. The Nick Chubb injury that we discussed last week, thankfully, somehow it was surprising when the news came out. I believe it was late last Thursday night. That's thought to be right now just an MCL tear, which should be like a six to eight month recovery, which is awesome news, obviously. I didn't watch the injury. I, I just didn't want to. I don't like how people and accounts will just post it on social media for the sake of clicks and engagement. Kind of disgusting to me. Anyway, I didn't personally didn't want to watch the video of the Trub injury, but from my understanding, it was very gruesome. And the expectation is that it was worse than it seems like it's going to turn out to be with just the torn MCL. And I guess they're saying they'll know more after surgery or during the surgery. So that's great news. And we should see one of the best players in the league at 100% for the start of the 2024 season. Then last week in practice, we had all-pro cornerback Trayvon Diggs suffered a torn ACL ending his season. And it's a massive blow to the hopes of the Cowboys looking to contend for a Super Bowl. Dan Quinn's defense still has immense upside. Michael Parsons, Stephon Gilmore, Demarcus Lawrence, tremendous group of safeties. As we saw last week, they still need some work defending the run in their upset loss to the Cardinals. But the Diggs loss, Diggs is definitely one of the most underrated players in the league. Gets total disrespect. Turnover machine when he's tested, which isn't very smart to do for quarterbacks. I think his passer rating was one this year in the two games he played when he was targeted. And a big part of the appeal for the Cowboys and why they're exciting was the cornerback duo of Gilmore and Diggs. So definitely a big loss they'll have to make up for. And finally, another player done for the season due to a torn ACL. And another, I think, highly underrated player, Chargers receiver Mike Williams. Caught a long touchdown last week on a trick play from Keenan Allen, where Allen threw him a deep ball. Um, Justin Herbert, I guess, didn't see him probably. Maybe his read took him elsewhere on a route where I saw Williams totally burn the corner on a double move and was open by literally like 10 yards. So it could have been another long touchdown. But anyway, one of the premier players in the league, unfortunately, towards I see on a screen pass in the win over the Vikings. So his season's over. And that's a tough blow. Personally, one of my favorite players to watch in the league. Not that it matters that much, but on my fantasy team, I like to get him. And I felt like this could have maybe been his best all-around season yet. He had eight catches in week two, the big game last week. So that's tough to see for a great player to have a season cut short so quickly. And look for Joshua Palmer and first-round pick Quinton Johnston to step up alongside Keenan Allen, who is off to a scorching start to the year. And before we move on to week four, just want to give an overview, sort of how it's pretty crazy. We're just down to three undefeated teams, three teams at 3-0, Niners, Eagles, and Dolphins. And we have four winless teams, so a lot of parity in the league, which was clear was going to be the case, I think, entering the year. And it seemed to get more close and more competitive by the year in the NFL. So teams are still finding their footing some. We should find out more about each team and the real contenders over the next few weeks. And with that, we'll move to week four. Run through each matchup. I'll try something a little different this week. We'll go at a quicker pace give sort of a key for each team in the matchups and we'll see how it goes feel free to let me know what you think 
of the format if you prefer somewhat longer, more quick hitting. And you could email me anytime at davidchapine at wolfsports.com. The week begins with maybe the best Thursday night football game of the year. Their schedule doesn't look that great on paper. And the Black Friday game without Aaron Rodgers. Jets Dolphins took a hit. So maybe the best game on Amazon this year, Lions against Packers. Rematch the Week 18 game that the Lions won last year to keep the Packers out of the playoffs. In Lambeau Field, Rodgers last game with Green Bay. And now this rematch comes at Lambeau again. Lions set to get David Montgomery back at running back. Taylor Decker on the offensive line. And I think a key for them is being able to run the ball and sort of control the game with Montgomery and Gibbs mixing in. And I want to recognize second-round rookie defensive back Brian Branch. Had 11 tackles last week, three for loss, two pass breakups, and he was flying around the field in the win over the Falcons for the 2-1 and one lines. For the Packers, they should get healthier as well. Looks like Christian Watson and Aaron Jones are going to play after dealing with hamstring injuries. Season debut for Watson. For them, I think ideally they'll get their own game going also. More so getting Jones back will help. And having Watson on the outside can help lighten the box a bit, I think. And also keep an eye on the connection between Jordan Love and Romeo Dobbs, which is developing into one of the game's best with a few touchdown connections the first three weeks. We have the first London game of the year this Sunday morning, 9.30 Eastern Time, 6.30 Pacific. So if you're on the West Coast, you got to get a early. The Jaguars face the Falcons. For Atlanta, we just haven't seen much explosiveness out of the passing attack. Getting Kyle Pitts going at tight end to help complement B. John Robinson, Tyler Algier can be big. And, I mean, they only lost 20-6 last week to the Lions. The defense, which added veteran pieces, should help keep them competitive most weeks. For the Jaguars, they were just totally off again last week against the Texans. Lost by, I think it was 20. They're giving Travis Etienne enough touches, which I've said has been a key for them. The passing game is what's been struggling still, just a little off. Calvin Ridley, it wasn't like a super easy catch, but sort of a drop early in the game last week. Maybe set the tone for the Jags. He started off week one extremely hot, has cooled off since then. The connection between he and Trevor Lawrence is big for the success of Jacksonville this year at one and two and with their GM Trent Baalke under fire again after the slow start. Moving to 1 o'clock on Sunday, maybe the game of the week, Dolphins against the Bills. Miami, 70 points last week, four touchdowns each from Raheem Mostert and De- Devin Achon. The speed has always been crazy, and it was just an overdrive, mixing with very poor defense from the Broncos as well, leading to that 10-touchdown outing one of the best offensive performances in league history. For them, it's important to be able to keep the balance on offense as they're going to be tough to stop with all that speed and ability to beat you in a variety of ways if they can run the ball like they have. This will be a tougher challenge, obviously facing Buffalo. After the bad week one offensively, Josh Allen and the Bills have gotten on track. Matt Milano and Terrell Bernard have been exceptional in coverage for the Bills, and I think the two of them on third down will be key to get them off the field against Miami. And Allen and the Bills have certainly had the number of the Dolphins throughout Allen's time there. This is a playoff rematch, and the Bills are coming off a 37-3 win over the Commanders, in which the defense became the first since the Cowboys in 1985. 
to record over nine sacks and four interceptions in a game. Vikings face the Panthers. I'm thinking this is a shootout. And I think for both sides, it might come down to the protection on the offensive line. Minnesota now 0-3 after they lost to the Chargers. Panthers also 0-3 and just haven't looked good. Eight false starts last week. Bryce Young missed last week with the ankle issue. Looks like he'll be back. Adam Thielen and DJ Chark got going in the loss to the Seahawks. I think it's important that Young can hit on some intermediate to deep shots down the field to get him in the rhythm moving forward. For Minnesota, I think, did they win every um, one-score game last year? Might have been 11-0 or 11-1, something like that. And now they're 0-3 in one-score games this year. So you could call it regression or whatever, but the Magic hasn't been there yet. As for the positive news, they haven't even played an NFC North game yet. So they have time to make up some ground, but they need to get going and get a win, I think, on the road against Carolina. And then the other matchup, it's kind of funny, the winless teams are facing each other. So for those that want to look way ahead, this could maybe have some draft implications for Caleb Williams coming out of USC potentially this spring. The Broncos face the Bears. For Denver, I think it's critical we just see them play extremely hard, whatever happens. They got to play hard after one of the most embarrassing performances we've seen in the NFL. And it's a shame the offense has been fine. Russell Wilson's played well. Rookie receiver Marvin Mims Jr. has been a big play threat. But the defense, obviously, a lot of work to do there. And for the Bears, last week was tumultuous. Ultimately, we're blown out by the Chiefs. I thought Justin Fields didn't play well two weeks ago against the Bucks, But in week three, I don't think he had that much of a shot with the way the Chiefs defense played. For them, they need to get the ground game going. After seeing what Miami did last week, They've got to try to run with Khalil Herbert, Roshan Johnson, and also Fields to try to defend their home field and get a win. And it says a lot about them after the Broncos' 70-20 to loss last week that the Bears are underdogs at home to them. The Ravens face the Browns. Baltimore coming off a tough overtime loss at home to the Colts last week. Their first loss, they're now 2-1. Browns are also 2-1 after blowing out the Titans. The key for the Browns is probably to force... Lamar Jackson into a turnover or two. That could change the game. Defense has been exceptional under a new defensive coordinator, Jim Schwartz. We're able to shut down Derrick Henry last week. And on offense for them, Deshaun Watson looked as good as he's looked since returning to the field last year. For the Ravens, I think it's about Jackson. A lot is on his shoulders right now. If he can run around and make plays, particularly as a passer, maybe scramble around, find Nelson Aguilar or Zay Flowers down the field. Avoid that pass rush of the Browns, the speed of the Browns. And Roquan Smith on the other side of the ball sounds confident that his team is going to go into Cleveland and get a win. So it should be a gritty, fun matchup. The Steelers face the Texans. Pittsburgh has a couple of wins as underdogs this year. They're at 2-1 and one now after beating the Ra- Raiders in Vegas last week, last Sunday night. This might be the week for them to get the ground game going with Najee Harris, Jalen Warren, and that would make things easier on a defense that's done a really nice job. And they have TJ Watt that can wreck the game this week and any week. Texans head coach D'Amico Ryans, I saw that he said Minka Fitzpatrick is basically like a cheat code on defense for the Steelers. So that'll be a tough task for rookie quarterback CJ Stroud. Coming off his first career win, strong performance against the Jaguars, was named the Rookie of the Month in the AFC, Offense Rookie of the Month. Stroud's connection with fellow rookie, Tank Dell, a receiver, 
They've hit on a couple of deep balls this year, and that could be a key this week to stay hot. Stroud and Dell, if the offensive line can give him time to look down the field and make plays. The Rams face the Colts. LA is a team that is sort of like Arizona, who we'll get to. Not quite as undermanned as the Cardinals are, but Sean McVay has them playing well and arguably above their talent level. Again, I've said it a couple of times, the no-name defense they have, not making things easy on their opposition. But they had a couple of interceptions last week for Matthew Stafford, and taking care of the ball is key for a team like them. The Colts just had mentioned their upset win against the Ravens. Shane Steichen off to a great start as the first-year head coach there. Without Jonathan Taylor, could have gone south, but they've been able to run the ball, which they couldn't do last year for the most part. So he's gotten that offensive line back on track so far. Anthony Richardson didn't even start last week, but Gardner Minshew did a nice job filling in. Richardson is expected to be back from his concussion, and I think the key for them is getting pressure on Matthew Stafford. Defense has been generating pressure, and they'll look to continue that against the Rams this week. The Bucks face the Saints, MC South battle, both 2-1. and one. New Orleans is without Derek Carr, most likely, due to a shoulder injury but they get Alvin Kamara back from his three-game suspension. Look for them to run the offense through him a ton, and that could help open things up for Michael Thomas, Chris Olave, Taysom Hill, and also Juwan Johnson at tight end, who we haven't seen much usage production from through three games. And of course, taking care of the football, Jameis Winston needs to do a good job of against his former Bucks team. And I think Jameis could do pretty well with his opportunity. He's been a great teammate in a backup role when maybe he could be a starter somewhere. For Tampa Bay, I don't think they're built right now to contend with a team like the Eagles that could run the ball even on them. They're a pretty tough run defense, but they themselves, Tampa themselves, cannot run the ball much at all, and that makes it tougher on everyone, including their own defense. I'm encouraged, by the way, Devin White's been playing this year, looking for a huge contract at linebacker. For them, we'll see if Carlton Davis, Jamel Dean at corner can be healthy. If not, it's going to be tougher in New Orleans contending with guys like Olave and Thomas. The Commanders face the Eagles in Philadelphia. They gave up the nine sacks last week to Buffalo. Washington did at home. Head coach Ron Rivera said that he thought Josh Allen kind of demoralized them after, I think he said, a couple of drives or a couple of plays where Allen escaped when they were close to getting sacks. I'm sure the honesty is appreciated, but maybe not something that had to be said about your defense, and we'll see maybe they come out fired up. I think the formula is trying to run the ball with Brian Robinson Jr., set a play action to Terry McLaurin and Jahan Dotson, and follow a similar path to the one where they upset the Eagles on Monday night last season. That's, of course, easier said than done, though, and Philly looks even tougher on the interior, adding Jalen Carter to Jordan Davis in year two, looking like living up to his Godzilla nickname, basically. And the pass rush for the Eagles hasn't done as much as expected coming into the year, that may be a change against the Commanders' offensive line this week. The final 1 o'clock game, the Bengals face the Titans. I anticipate a defensive battle here. Joe Burrow toughed out his calf injury. Aaron Rodgers said on the Pat McAfee show that he talked to Burrow or texted him, whatever, and uh, that the injury is worse than he's letting on, and he's really toughing it out. He fed Jamar Chase, who had, I think, a dozen interceptions in the Monday night win against the Rams. That helped them control the ball a little bit. 
and the defense was outstanding. Lou Anarumo does a great job with them, and they're facing another well-coached defense of the Titans. Didn't play well last week, but again, I expect this to be a tight defensive battle, likely coming down to whether they can take care of the ball and keeping it close so they can get so the Titans can get Derrick Henry going. For the late afternoon games, again, just three. At least we have the London game early, but just three uh, late afternoon games again this week. The Raiders face the Chargers. Vegas nearly came back on Sunday night against the Steelers last week. They showed promising signs, I thought, in the second half of the run game with Josh Jacobs potentially being able to get going a bit. And that'll be big. Jacobs led the league in rushing last year. Can create more balance on offense, make things easier on Jimmy Garoppolo, who isn't afraid to take risks, and that can work out well. He had a couple of interceptions last week on throws he maybe shouldn't have forced, but more balance would help Garoppolo, who has certainly not been bad for Devontae Adams, which some people were mistakenly worried about. His quick release and accuracy is a match with somebody like Adams who just gets open like crazy and went off nearly helping bring his team back last week. For the Chargers, mentioned the Mike Williams injury, tough loss, looking for guys to step up. Defense was able to hold on after pretty crazy decision from head coach Brandon Staley to go for it. It worked out, but went for it deep in his own territory late in the game. Didn't get it, and the defense came through with a stop. We'll have to keep an eye on the status of Austin Eckler. Missed the past two games with his ankle injury, but looks like he has a shot to play this Sunday. And I think on defense, they can't let both Jacobs and Adams beat them. Adams went off both games against him last year, so ideally they won't let, again, a Raiders run game that might have showed some signs of progress. Remember, Jacobs came in late to training camp, or didn't really participate in training camp at all during his holdout, so they can't let them get that going, and ideally can force them into more of a one-dimensional game. Patriots face the Cowboys, matchup of two of the top brands in the league, top franchises in the league. Discussed the Diggs injury already, and then they lost 28-16 to the Cardinals. Maybe the most shocking performance of the season at this point, but it was a matter of time with the way the Cardinals play before they caught someone slipping. And I think the Cowboys sort of just had an off day also on both sides of the ball. Expect Mike Parsons and company to come out fired up. I think it's key that they get pressure on Mac Jones, who can get rid of the ball really quick. So it's going to be a fun chess match, I think. Belichick, I'm sure, is making it a point of emphasis for his offense to not let Parsons totally wreck the game as he typically takes away your best player. New England, they won their 15th straight against the Jets last week. Insane stretch of success in that rivalry. Ezekiel Elliott got going. He had like 80 yards rushing, pairing with Ramondre Stevenson, and now Zeke facing his former team. Uh, certainly an interesting storyline. And with the way the Cowboys were beat on the ground by the Cardinals last week, I would think that's going to be the path to success for the Patriots behind Stevenson and Zeke. The Cardinals face the Niners for Arizona. Now they just need to avoid a letdown after the win over the Cowboys. One of the low points for the Cardinals last year was their loss to the Niners. I believe it was Monday Night Football, maybe. If I remember correctly, it might have been a game in Mexico. But they had poor tackling in that game and were blown out. Clearly not as talented as the Niners on paper. But if they can get James Conner going and Josh Dobbs, again, takes care of the ball, makes enough plays, they can make it closer than anticipated. On the Niners side, we'll see if the defense can fare better than the Cowboys did. Maybe force the Cardinals into some pressure, some turnovers. And I don't understand the Brock Purdy criticism, playing at an extremely high level. Hasn't lost a game that he started and finished in the league. And yeah, he's in a great spot with the weapons and the coaching. 
in this game. But give him credit for the way he's played. On Sunday Night Football, the Chiefs faced the Jets. Was super highly anticipated. Mike Trico and Chris Consworth talked to Aaron Rodgers about it during a Jets preseason game. I think it was the Hall of Fame game without looking forward to it. So unfortunately, Rodgers won't be there. And now they got to somehow try to contain Patrick Mahomes and company and keep up with them. Robert Saw's defense can give quarterbacks headaches. This might be a different animal facing Mahomes and Andy Reid, scheming things up. New York simply has to get their own game going with Brees Hall, Dalvin Cook, and I think that might help Wilson off play action. Just let go of the ball and trust that he'll throw accurate passes to Garrett Wilson and others, let them make plays. But I mean, there's a lot of criticism of Wilson, certainly not saying he's played well, but it's been a tough spot with the way the offensive line's playing. Some bad body language, as Rogers talked about on the Pat McAfee show. There's been words of support for Wilson, but I guess sort of the attitude and stuff on the sideline Rogers must have heard about has not been great, and they just need to stick together to have a shot against the Chiefs. For Kansas City, I guess they just got to come ready to play. Don't take the Jets lightly. Brees Hall can dagger you if you're not in your game. But yeah, expect Mahomes to be patient. And I think he can methodically move the ball down the field, sort of like the Bills did in week one. And then Josh Allen, I think, got a little too impatient at times. So I think Mahomes should hopefully maybe even take that as a lesson. I'm sure he's watching that game. To just take what the Jets are going to give him and move the ball. And they should be fine to improve to 3-1. and one. And then finally, Monday Night Football, Seahawks face the Giants. The status of Saquon Barkley and his ankle injury, one to watch for New York. The game was maybe a little closer than the 30-12 to 12 score with the loss of the Niners last Thursday night. It got away a bit more at the end. But the connection between Daniel Jones and Darren Waller, I think, is the key for the New York offense, especially if Barkley's out again. There were opportunities to make plays last week. They couldn't quite connect on a few occasions. So Brian Dayball, I'm sure he'll keep tying that up. And Jones and Waller need to get on the same page to have success as an offense. They host a Seahawks team that's now 2-1 and one after the surprising Week 1 loss to the Rams. Offense has scored 37 points each of the past two games. Kenneth Walker was the NFC Offensive Player of the Week last week. Zach Charbonnet, rookie running back, mixing in and delivering punishment to defenders. Jackson Smith and Jigba, first-round rookie receiver, hasn't even gotten gone much at all yet. So there's upside with Seattle. And again, the defense will get better as the young players get more experience. Well, in this week's episode there, enjoy all the games. Maybe the best Thursday night game this season, at least among the prime video games. Remember to get up for the first London game, especially if you're on the West Coast. Falcons-Jags. We've got Dolphins-Bills. Exciting schedule coming up, figuring out where these teams stand. Enjoy all these games. Thank you for listening, and we'll be back next week.